Today on episode number 913 of the School of Podcast, and we got a pop quiz. Those are always fun. We're going to talk about an exercise to do that can help if you're feeling like stopping your podcast, that old pod fade. And we're going to play a little bit of podcast whack-a-mole. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where I help you plan your podcast if you haven't launched. I help you launch your podcast if you got it planned. I help you grow your podcast if you're already up and going. And if you want to monetize your podcast, I can help with that too. My website, schoolofpodcasting.com. If you throw on a slash listener to that, That'll save you on either a monthly or yearly subscription, which, of course, comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if we stop the music right now, stop the music, stop it. I think it was the movie Speed with Keanu. Keanu Reeves, man. Uh, And the the bad guy said, pop quiz, hot shot. Well, I had one of those this week, and I failed miserably. And I'll talk about that in a second. But here's some things. It's a new year as I record this. It's January 2024. Happy New Year. Hope you had a good one. Hope you survived 2023. I've talked to a lot of people where 2023 was just icky and bad. So here's a quick question. Are you in all the podcast apps? Not just Apple and Spotify. Are you in Ghana? Are you in iHeart? Are you in Amazon? That's the one that always blows me away. Amazon. What? Yeah, which also gets you into Audible. Make sure that's done. Do you have links on your website? I had somebody this week at the School of Podcasting, and we went to find their show. Actually, I had two people that ran into this, and they couldn't find their show in Apple Podcast. And I was like, you remember how I always say, put a link to your show on your website and avoid saying the phrase, find me where you find your podcasts. Because A, when you say your website.com slash subscribe, for example, uh, that will take you to my website. So it reinforces your brand. If people share the show, that can boost your SEO. And so, or at least Apple and Spotify. I would throw Amazon on that list. And I'm not sure what to do with the whole Google thing at this point. I've been playing with YouTube music just to check it out. I'm not a huge fan at this point. I am playing, of course, there are new podcast apps at new podcast apps that do more things than the classic, shall we say, podcast apps do. If you want to participate in some of that podcasting 2.0 stuff, here's another one. Do you have business cards? I'm going to PodFest in a couple weeks, and I looked at my business card and kind of went, because they are podcasts to drive people to my website, which is fine. That's a style of doing it, but there's nothing in there if you want to contact me. And often at, at events, People are like, oh, yeah, we'll follow up later. And then they look at my card and they're like, what's this QR code thing? And my website, my logo, things like that. I need to have some contact information on it. I used to have two types of cards. One was for people to contact me. And one was, here's my show. Go check it out. And I'm going to kind of combine those, which is another thing we're going to talk about today. Trying things. Maybe we should try something different. Another one. Do you have a domain that is easy to say or share? I've seen people that have been doing things like, you know, my show name dot media host dot com slash seven five nine six eight four three 
exclamation point, pound sign. Yeah, just tell your friends to go there. That's not going to work. You can buy a domain name. So let's say your business is Dave Jackson Enterprises, right? And you have Dave Jackson Enterprises dot whatever. You can buy something like myshow.com and point it at Dave Jackson Enterprises. So if you already have a website, you're like, I don't want another website. You just get another domain to make it in line with your brand. It's easier to remind. Because if I said, hey, it's the School of Podcasting. Hey, it's the School of Podcasting. Go to my website, redbrick.biz. You're like, wait, what? Red brick? What? No, it's a weird disconnect. So get something that kind of goes, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. So, And if you're wondering, mine is schoolofpodcasting.com. Do you have a way to capture ideas? If you're on Apple, I really like just good old-fashioned Apple Notes. There is voice memo on almost every kind of phone in some way or another. I use Evernote for a lot of stuff because the really good ideas are the ones you're like, ooh, I got to remember that. I'll remember it. I'll remember it. And then about four o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, wait, what was that thing again? So capture those ideas. And do you have an episode in the can or an idea that is evergreen? Because there are going to be those times when life comes along and you go, oh man, I wish I had something I could put out. I'm not a huge fan of repurposing old episodes because I just say, hey, go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe and you can follow the show there and get my entire back catalog. That's how I get people to listen to my old stuff, but I get it. Sometimes you get caught in a pinch. And then another one, and this is the one that I got caught on. Someone approached me. And said, and this was a friend of mine that said, hey, I'd like to advertise on your show. Well, at this point, I do not take any more sponsors on this show. I am the sponsor of the show. And I did some calculation and I could see the actual, how much money I make per customer during the lifetime of that person at the School of Podcasting. And I'm like, if you are going to replace my ad asking you to sign up at the School of Podcasting, it's going to be a lot of money. A lot more than I was charging. I didn't realize that, that I was really underselling my advertising. But I said, if you want to advertise on a podcast show, probably the only one I would take advertising on is the podcast rodeo show where I grab a random podcast and see how long I can hang on. And I sent that email off and I was like, oh, if he comes back and says how much, I have no idea. And I realized that in many cases, you might be getting 30 downloads per episode. And you're like, I'm not even thinking about advertising. And that's a good thing, by the way. You should be focused on growing your audience, not monetizing the small amount of people that you have. And of course, there's always that rare exception that has a really super niche audience and they can monetize that. But the thought is, you might want to think about Having using something like Google Forms, there's all sorts of different apps you can use to make a form and asking people, hey, if you'd like to, and you can come up with some sort of lead magnet, but we're doing a survey. In fact, that's a good thing to do. We've talked about that. I'll put a link out in the show notes to an episode I did about how to do a survey, but you can do that. And that's where you can get their demographic information, right? The name, age, sex, how much money do you make? Do you have kids? Blah, blah, blah. All those kind of things. And that's something you, when you need it, you kind of go, oh, I wish I had done a survey because now somebody's knocking on my door and they want to give me money and I have no idea what that is. Also, a survey can help you find out what's working and kind of what's not. 
And so keep that in mind. And last, but by no means least, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this, my buddy Neil Headley, he's been on the show before, does the Voice Inside My Head podcast, and he and I have been going back and forth. Neil is involved uh, personally. He knows basically somebody boots on the ground in the Ukraine, and they're doing a GoFundMe. And Neil, being a compassionate person, said, let me see if I can rally the troops to get some donations. And so he reached out on all the social. He put a thing out on his show, The Voice Inside My Head, that said, hey, I will sponsor your podcast. I want to drive traffic to this website. And the website, if you want to check it out, is Arms Around Ukraine. And if you are a American that is spelling challenged, Ukraine is U-K-R-A-I-N-E. And it's armsaroundukraine.org. If you want to reach out to Neil, it's neil at armsaroundukraine.org. But here's the thing. Neil, like he's banging pots and pans outside trying to get people's attention. Hey, everybody, I want to sponsor your show. How would you like to help basically orphans and children that are, I don't know, clothless, schoolless, homeless, etc.? Sounds like a pretty decent thing. I donated 25 bucks. I think you should too. But here's the thing. He didn't get a peep. And here's somebody going, I will pay to be on your show. Like I would not so much him as a guest, but I will pay to sponsor your show. And you know, Neil was on the episode about how to make your ads entertaining. You know, you're going to get a good ad. And it's weird. I remember Todd Cochran is the guy from Blueberry, right? and new media show and Todd for years, he might still do this at Blueberry would try to group all the whatever women's sports shows together. And then they would finally get a sponsor. It's like, yes, we're trying to meet and uh, advertise to the listeners of women's sports. And Todd would group 10 of them together and go, Hey, we have enough downloads here to get an ad run. And he would reach out to all the independent podcasters that are like, I'm not making any money with my podcast. He's like, hey, I have a sponsor that fits your show, and he couldn't get them to email them back. So I say this as someone who I check my email multiple times a day. My biggest problem is I need some sort of filter more than what's in Gmail because I just get a ton, a ton of horrible Bad pitches, people, I have a feng shui expert. I think he'd be a great guest on the School of Podcasting. No, I don't think so. But if you are interested in this, you can email Neil at armsaroundukraine.org. If you're looking for a sponsor for your show, you want to help homeless, shirtless, clothless, schoolless children in Ukraine, please email Neil at armsaroundukraine.org. Dot org because pop quiz somebody wants to sponsor your show are you ready the school of podcasting yeah 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 we're going to talk about a technique that i believe was introduced by toyota back in like the 70s it's called the five whys technique and the idea is you ask why five times and you will get to the root of the problem And then I'm going to explain how you can kind of use this in a podcasting space. So, for instance, if you say, my show isn't growing as fast as I want, why? 
Well, sometimes we don't know why, but let's say you say, well, nobody knows about me. Okay, why? Well, because I'm not promoting in the right places. Why? Because I don't know where the right places are. Why? Because I don't know. Okay, well, that's when you go, well, what are you doing to learn about your audience and where they are? Because if you want them to know about your podcast, you have to figure out where they are. So you keep asking why. And so I'm saying that sometimes if you're not super happy with your podcast and you're, you're thinking about quitting, you might want to ask, why are you doing it? Because it might be that in some cases you can outsource some of the stuff that you go, ugh, right? So for instance, I'm going to take this one. Now I realize for about the next four minutes, I'm going to be talking about me and who could care less, but I have to talk about what I know. I'm going to try to keep this part short, but why do I do the school of podcasting? All right. Super simple. There are two reasons. Number one, it brings in money. Number two, I love to help people. I really do. And uh, so I want to make money. I want you to join my membership site. Now, so there's two things there, money and my teaching itch. And so I'm not going to talk about the teaching itch, but I do love it when I have somebody come in that explains to me and I can just see they're kind of timid about putting their content out. And when they finally do, I'm like, yes, but let's just stick with the money thing. Well, Dave, why do you want money? And in my case, my second divorce was really expensive and I'm still in debt uh, nine years later. I think I'm still paying on that bad boy. And I, a couple of years ago, moved into the house I grew up in that my dad just really let go. I mean, it was like, wow, is this bad? And so I want to fix up my house. Okay, well, why? Why do you want to fix up your house, Dave? Well, because this is where I grew up and there's a weird, then there's always a part of this where you kind of have to sit on the, the uh, uh, psychologist or psychiatrist, you know, couch and go, well, I, I think to honor my parents, at least my mom, because she kept this house really nice when I was here and it's sad to see it so run down. Okay. So that's some of the whys in there. And when you go, when you see your why, you go, oh yeah, I'm focused on downloads. I'm focused on monetization. I'm focused on reach, whatever the goal is. Maybe there are other reasons why you're doing your podcast. I'll do another one here. Why do I do the podcast rodeo show? Well, I'm hoping to direct people back to the school of podcasting. Why back to the school of podcasting? Because I want to monetize. You see how this gets tied in? Or I want them to go to the podcast review show, which I haven't mentioned here in a long time. It's still around. That is a show I only do with Eric K. Johnson, who works for iHeart. He's been in radio for 30 years. Great guy, podcasttalentcoach.com. So if you ever want two consultants for the price of one, podcastreviewshow.com. And so I then ask myself, okay, that's my why for the podcast rodeo show. Am I getting my why? And the answer is pretty blatantly, uh, no. I don't know a lot of people, if any, that have signed up to the school of podcasting from the podcast rodeo show or the podcast review show. And I'm like, uh, okay, so then why am I doing it? And I'm, am I going to change anything? Well, I have changed. I've now, I'm trying the kind of value for value model on that where people can just Hey, if you like this show and you, you get something from it, go to podcastrodeoshow.com slash thanks. And I'm going to see if anybody does. Now realize that's only going to get maybe 
2% of that. So I realized that, but I, I then look, okay, Dave, well, why are you doing this then? That show's fun. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's low effort. And in general, I have the, I can't wait to see what the next episode is going to be. Because I really do randomly select people's show. So, okay, I'm getting paid in fun. That's okay. You're allowed to get paid in fun. Fun is good. You should have fun in your life. Here's another quick one. Ask the podcast coach, why do I do that show? Well, I, I created it for people that wanted free podcast consulting. And I'm like, great, you just have to get up on Saturday morning. And if you won't get up on Saturday morning to get free consulting, then you don't have the passion to push through and actually do a podcast. I was also playing with different systems along the ways. I've played with Blog Talk Radio and StreamYard and a bunch of other stuff. But uh, it, it does weed out. I am playing with crowdfunding on that. I do have a, a Patreon that I'm, I'm using on that particular show. For the record, if I had started today, I would be using uh, Supercast, not, not uh, Patreon. And the other one for that one is I get to hang out with Jim Cullison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Really nice guy. I've known him for years, and it's just a fun time. And my chat room out there is amazing. Better Dave, Building a Better Dave is a show I do. This one's super quick. This is purely creative. I could care less who listens. I could care. I really, I just do this for fun. I want people to think. And the other thing, it's the hippie in me. The, like I was a little, you know, five-year-old hippie back in the day. I, I occasionally push people's buttons. I love to go to the line and just put my toe over it. Like my last episode is talking about elephants that are playing hot dogs and donuts in the event that you have kids in the car. Um, so, um, keep another one again, real quick. I'm trying to pod, your podcast consultant is another one of my shows. I am experimenting with short shows that shows like five minutes long. So if you want quick hit stuff, check it out. Podcastconsultant.com. I am trying something new. That is something I tried and I have actually gotten some consulting from that show, even though the downloads are nowhere near this show. So I was like, all right, I'm going to keep doing it because it's paid for itself. And so I say this because the question of the month for this month, as I record this in January, now, if you're listening to this in February, March, or April, you'll hear the question of the month for the current month coming up. But I am asking, like, are you doing anything different? And so I had to look at my why to say, well, is it time to kick podcast rodeo show to the curb? Because it's not doing what I wanted to do. And I was like, no, that's actually, I'm getting enough fun. And it's, when you have shows that take very little effort to create, it's really easy then to create or to get enough return on your investment because your investment is so low. And in that case, my expectations for that show are somewhat low. It's not super in depth. I listen to a show and then say, I like this part. I didn't like this part. I would have done this better. I did like it when you do that. That is the podcast rodeo show. And then people have said, wow, I've learned a lot from this show. And I'm like, okay, great. Hit the thanks button and we'll see what happens. But my point here is sometimes you need to know your why. Because if you don't get your why and you focus too much on your who, you're like, Dave, I'm really niched down. I know exactly what I need to know about my audience. That is beautiful. And this is where podcasting can get kind of hard because you need to know your why, whether that's I want to make money. I want to reach a bigger audience. I want to position myself 
as a thought leader. I want to get more customers to my business. I want to create a relationship with future customers. Whatever your why is, you need to know that and you need to know your who. And then the hard part is you have to overlap your, your who and your why. And where they overlap, that's your what. Because you need to talk about something that's going to hold their attention while moving them, in some cases, ever so slowly to your why. If you don't get the why, you burn out. If you don't engage the who, nobody listens. As we continue to talk about, hey, are you ready? One of the things you want to do, besides maybe survey your audience, is if you have co-hosts, have what I call the uncomfortable conversation, where you basically say, I do this, you do this, I expect you to do this, you expect me to do this, and in the end, if we ever make any money, it will be split up this way. And we are going to be publishing on this schedule. In fact, my buddy Gordon Firemark, if you go to podcast prenup, has all of these questions already laid out that you need to ask. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I see it more than I wish to. I do support at Libsyn.com. Use the coupon code SOP free to get a free month there. And I always kind of make a joke about it when Ernie and Bert, you know, start a podcast and then later, you know, Bert gets divorced and Ernie's still friends with Bert's ex-wife, assuming they're straight. And, uh, you know, Ernie gets, yeah, you get the point. It gets ugly. It gets nasty. Here's an example. The, uh, in September, Poppy Hillstead, one third of the presenting lineup of the comedy series Gossip Mongers, uh, got kicked out by her other two male co-hosts. She actually went on the, the jokes kind of on her. She went uh, ahead with a solo show and won. No, she was nominated for Best Comedy Podcast at the British Podcast Awards. But in some cases, it's a business and you got to make sure all the T's are, are crossed and all the I's are dotted. And then another one here, in some cases, your whole show might get outed. The uh, Heavyweight and Stolen. Now, Stolen, both of those were on Spotify. Stolen won a Pulitzer Prize, and yet Spotify still canceled it. Lydia Polgreen, who is Gimlet. Gimlet's a really popular, or was a really popular, production company that was bought by Spotify. Uh, but uh, Lydia is the former managing director, wrote that if you can't make a go of it with these incredible shows, you're simply bad at podcasting. And because you got you have an audience and what's happened is speaking of Gimlet, if you remember Gimlet, the minute they were bought by Spotify said, hey, we're going to unionize because we just got paid way too much money for our company. And we want to lock in that rate so that we keep making the stupid money at an hourly rate. Well, shocking that most of the shows that are getting cut, yeah, are produced by Gimlet. Because if it, if it costs you $100 to sell something that, you know, uh, takes, I don't know, $1,000 to make, it's not very profitable. And so here's another one, though, speaking of this. Uh, as part of a new deal, right? People are like, hey, Spotify's learned. 
Spotify's learned they're not putting out the stupid money anymore. Trevor Noah, formerly of The Daily Show, he got a deal at Spotify, and I listened to that show. I love the idea of the show. There's a great example of just somebody taking way too long to get to the meat and potatoes. But uh, Spotify will pay the former Daily Show host $4 million, but he will not share show revenue with, you know, until after his initial investment has been paid off. Now, if you're not hip to the music industry, that's how the music industry is run. And never, ever forget that Spotify is run by music companies. And so Trevor got his $4 million. Great, because he's probably never going to see another dime because of what they do, and they've done this to musicians for years, and that is they just keep coming up with more expenses, and sorry, we're just not profitable yet. And so just keep, never forget that Spotify is run by, you know, a lot of ties to the recording industry, and unfortunately, the recording industry is the only industry that's never gone on strike And they should, because musicians are just, they just get bad deal after bad deal. If you do have a co-host, make sure everybody is aware of what they need to be aware of. Now, Joe Budden is another Spotify guy, got lots of stupid money, and his co-hosts were kind of like, hey, like, what's the deal? We want to know more about the business. And Joe was kind of like, yeah, that's none of your business. It's the Joe Budden show. And well, this is how that ended. He still feels like he has choices and options. He feels like he's entitled to more. Rory, you are in breach of your contract. And from this point forward, you are fired. And the sad thing is Rory and his other co-host, Mal, who also was fired, they've got their own show now, is not only did that ruin a show, it ruined a friendship. So that's one of the things you you want to take the time to make sure everybody's on the same page so the same thing doesn't happen to you. The school of podcasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we kind of mentioned networks. That was kind of more about people, you know, bickering with each other. I've seen multiple shows where the co-hosts just don't get along anymore and things turn sour. That's that's life, I guess the way it is. The last thing I wanted to talk about we're networks because we are all starving for more downloads. I get that. I'd love to have more downloads. I don't judge my success by downloads, but my ego, if we're going to be honest, my ego wants more downloads. And so somebody comes along, hey there, young fella, right? And they're like, we have this podcast network. I see you do a show about space heaters because I'm looking at one. You do the Space Heater podcast. We have a bunch of other shows all about heat and energy. Do you want to join our podcast network? Because I can make you a star. I can make you lots of money. I will tell you anything you need to hear to have you sign on the bottom line. And this is where I see people and they ask me, do you know if this is a good network? Well, there are a couple things to look into. And I've mentioned this before and it's worth repeating. Number one. Find somebody on the network and go to their website. Now, here's the first thing that's a red flag. If there is no website for that podcast, so let's say I do the Space Heater podcast and you can't, the only place you can find me 
is on theheaternetwork.com. Like there is no space heater website. Why is that? Because that's just bad practice. If I'm a DJ and I'm on terrestrial radio, I got my own website because there's a really good chance that somewhere in the next 10 years, the genre of the station is going to change and I'm going to lose my job. And if I have my own website, I can take my audience with me to the next station and go, look, I've got a bunch of people following on my podcast. If I'm smart, if I have a DJ, but I've got my followers, I've got my email list. And so if the shows on the network are only available on the network, that's just in a way I go, who preyed on these people? And that's EY, not pray as in, I pray for you. Although that may help in downloads, I don't really know. But if they have been basically sucked in by somebody who is a really good salesman in some cases, and they're just telling them what they want to hear, they get them on their website. Because the problem is then, what if, as we just heard, things go wrong and you want to leave that network? If the only place you've existed is at spaceheaternetwork.com, how's your audience going to find you? Do you think the owner of the network is going to let you do a farewell show to say, hey, everybody, find me over at DaveSpaceHeaters.com? No, because they want to keep the audience on them. So this is one of those where you really want to maybe hire Gordon Firemark. I mentioned him earlier. He's an entertainment lawyer. And say, hey, look at this contract. You know. Am I going to get taken here? Because the one thing you have to realize is who owns the content while you're doing it. But in some cases, when you sign a contract, they own everything you've done to that part. So you just sold your brand. And I just spent about a half hour looking. I cannot find James Cridlin. If by chance you're listening or if you know, there was a show, I believe it was two females. They were bought maybe by Spotify, but it was bought by a network. And they became a little diva-ish, maybe. I'm not really sure. I just heard they weren't the easiest to work with. And so they relaunched the show that they had launched without them. And they didn't really have a legal course because they had signed away their brand. So be careful with that. So who owns the content before, during, and after? Because in some cases, they'll go... We can let you have the stuff you made while you're on the network, but we're going to keep it as well. It's just, it's really, really sticky. And my favorite quote is from the book, Make Noise by Eric Newsom. And he says, look, podcast networks don't make small shows big. They make big shows bigger. So if you're thinking that's the 10,000 download switch, it's probably not. And just, just get somebody to look at it. When I got my book deal for a profit from your podcast, I had some people that have worked with publishers before and look at it. And I was able to negotiate some things in that contract. Like I own a hundred percent of my audio rights. And one of the things that's coming in 2024, I swear I'm raising my right hand here is going to be an audio version of that book. Cause you know, well, podcaster, what do you mean? You don't have an audio version of your book. Yes, I know. I get it. But when I actually had somebody who really knew book contracts, he was kind of like, Dave, yeah. So if, if you want 
to buy that book, go to profitfromyourpodcast.com slash book. And uh, I may be lowering the price. You can have me autograph it. But when you buy one from me, I make more money uh, than if you buy it from Amazon. But buy it wherever you want. Just buy it. But it's one of those things where you need somebody who works in that industry to look at it. So because the, in some cases, again, the sharks are in the water right now, I guess we can say that fitness season where we're all trying to lose weight also coincides with podcast season and my Facebook, uh, my ex, my Instagram, any place that's showing me ads is all about people and they're all saying the right things. And it sounds like if you think about fitness, we hear people go, you don't have to change the way you eat. You don't have to exercise a million hours a day. You don't have to do this. You can just do exactly what you're doing now and lose 25 pounds in 25 minutes, right? They give you something that just goes, man, that sounds too good to be true. And it usually is. And so if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I'm the CEO of whatever network and I can grow you, I can get you to the top of the list of, of Apple, I can find you sponsors, you're going to quit your day job, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, blah, blah, blah. One of the things I would recommend is whoever that person is, do some research. And number one, uh, this goes for podcast consultants as well. Do they have a podcast? Because in some cases, I have seen where they're not a podcast guru, they're just a really good salesman and they can sell snow to Eskimos. Is that racist? Am I allowed to say that now? I probably am not. My offense, my offense, my apologies if somehow, you know, my Scooby-Doo training growing up thinking that Eskimos lived in cold places may be inaccurate, but you have to be careful of that. So do some research before you sign anything, because in the end, hiring a lawyer may be a lot of money, but it may save you a ton of headaches and it may actually save your company because in the event things go the way you want them to go and you are actually making money and you have sponsors and you're selling your courses and you're doing consulting and all that other fun stuff that may go out the window. If somehow you sold your brand or you sold your content, or it may be, I've heard in some cases, especially with musicians where you have signed something that every time you sell a t-shirt that has your face on it, the money goes to somebody else. So be very careful about that. And I, I hesitate to even bring up this subject because I don't want to always be walking around going, the you know, uh, warning, warning, danger, danger. But I'm just seeing people get sucked into stuff and I just go, ugh. And I also, just one last thing here as we wrap this up. I may be raising the price of the school of podcasting and here's why. I've been clicking on these Facebook ads and there are people that are charging $7,000 to launch your podcast you know, or $800 or basically more than I am. And I raised my price a couple of years ago, but I'm starting to look like the Walmart of podcasting. And there is a problem where if everybody else is charging 9,000, 7,000, you know, $500 an hour, blah, blah, blah. And I'm coming in under a hundred bucks a month. People go, well, that can't be any good. That can't be any good because everybody else is charging so much more which is kind of a bummer because I want to help everybody. 
And some people, if I raise my price, I'll price them myself out of their budget. And so again, do some research and look on LinkedIn. This is something I've started doing and going, that's really interesting that this person is saying they're really into podcasting. Like they, I've, you know, I'm the guru of all gurus. And you go on LinkedIn and there's no mention of their podcast. In fact, you see where their biggest role was assistant manager at Target. You're like, that's odd. So I'm just saying before you sign anything, do some research because you can really get sucked in by somebody telling you everything you want to hear. And if it does sound too good to be true, and I realize I say things like unlimited one-on-one consulting, that sounds too good to be true. The reason for that is because I really like to help podcasters. If you don't believe me, I can gladly send you to my testimonial page. And I call it whack-a-mole because some of these people disappear until the first of the year, or if somebody gets a really big, you know, somebody gets $4 million to do a podcast, they come out of the woodwork. So about the time you think, okay, they're gone, they're not. Just be careful out there because once again, the sharks are in the water. It's a new year. And I would hate to see you put in a lot of effort and a lot of time only to have the rug swept out from under you. One thing I want to throw in here, I should have mentioned this sooner. When you're trying to figure out if you should be still doing something, there is a free timer. I'm using it right now. Uh, even though I'm only 37 minutes into the episode, I, according to my timer, have been working on this for an hour and a half, basically. And it's Toggle, T-O-G-G-L dot com. And there is a paid version, but I just use the free version and I use it often. You can even use it on your phone. And here's the thing. When you do stuff like this, you can take it a little too far. So for a while, I had Toggle on my phone. I had it on every computer and I was tracking every second of every day. And the problem was I was spending too much time analyzing how much time I was analyzing the time of the, you know what I mean? It was getting a little weird. I mean, I was tracking how long I slept. I have apps for that, things like that. So what I'm doing now is when I am either researching, that's another thing we often don't realize when we do a, uh, an interview, I may do less interviews going forward. I might not, but here's the thing I noticed by tracking my time, there's the time you put in to research the guest The interview, even though it's only 20 minutes, you are probably on Zoom, Squadcast, etc. with them for at least an hour. And then the editing, depending on how much planning you did, remember, more planning equals less editing. And I was talking with the members of the School of Podcasting and and Craig from LiveWellAndFlourish.com. If you're not listening to that show, Craig is like this... He's got this just kind, soft voice, and he just makes you think, livewellandflourish.com. And he said, you know, one thing about interviews is there are times when you can get that information and just deliver it solo in a much shorter package. We don't really need the story of the person and where they live and all that other stuff. And I was kind of like, hmm, but here's the thing, the biggest benefit, and I've said this from day one of doing interviews, is not 
of course, we hope they share it with their friends. I've talked about that till they're blue in the face. Then do a different interview. But it's the relationship that you get from knowing that person. And that'll probably be another episode in the future about how do you keep up the relationships with your guests? Because that's the whole point of building your network so that when somebody goes, oh, you, you want to start a podcast? I know a guy, Dave Jackson. He's the guy you want to talk to. That's the biggest benefit of interviews are the relationships, not that they're going to share it and all that other hoo-ha stuff. Keep that in mind. So that is something, though. It's a decision that I was like, hmm, because I started tracking exactly how much time I'm spending on some of this stuff because we don't want to just work harder. I'm not a fan of the I will sleep when I'm dead kind of mentality because that can be arranged. I want to work smarter. And so I'm using things like Toggle. I'm using Switchy, which is this tool I use to track. So, hey, I'm, I'm posting on threads. Am I getting anything on threads? Well, then maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. I'm putting things on Pinterest. Am I getting things on Pinterest? Maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. I'm measuring everything. I'm going crazy with that. Uh, the giveaway that I just started, you, you probably just heard about that. I'm tracking all the links in that to see, hey, is it worth doing a giveaway? Because I want to work smarter, not just harder. And I'm sharing all that information with members of the School of Podcasting. And I wish you were one of those. It's real simple. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. That will get you access to our step-by-step tutorials, our awesome, amazing podcaster community where we do group coaching and people network with each other. And of course, unlimited one-on-one consulting with me. And I am having to tell new members of the School of Podcasting, yes, it is unlimited. If you go to my schedule and you can schedule it, then schedule it. That's the way that works. Why? Because I love to help people and I would love to see what you and I can do together. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. The comedian on formerly of The Daily Show. The Daily Show. Nobody likes a Charlie in the box. Because in some cases, that person may not let you do a farewell show. Receive show. What was that? Extra expense. So I might be doing less shows. But here's the thing. The biggest benefit. I said I just said less shows, didn't I? I meant interviews. Dang it. Depending on how much planning you did. Plan what is up with my voice today? Plan Sound like Alanis Morissette. How oh, good you're still here. I thought about this after I've listened to this. We're looking at an hour and thirty-nine minutes into this. And that is about the why question. Ask why you like your podcast. So I like this, I like to do this, like but also then why do you hate your podcast? Like why do you want to quit? Well, I don't like editing. Why don't you like editing? Because I don't understand the software. Why don't you understand the software? Well, because it's confusing. Well, why is it confusing? I don't know where, well, what have you done to learn the software? That can also help because in some cases, you're just like, I need to outsource this stuff. And that's an option in some cases and not every option, but Also ask, why do you love it? Well, it's creative. I feel like I'm being heard or whatever it is. Do it that way as well.